This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a fabulous Infocom-themed episode of MarketScale Pro-AV. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and today we're joined by Jackie Wolford, Director of Design Studio for AOA, and Louis Alfieri, Principal and Chief Creative Officer for Raven Sun Creative. Jackie, Louis, how are you both doing today? Great. Thank great, you. Great, great. Thanks yeah, for having us. Absolutely. Great to have you on. And I just uh, was at your session, which was called Retailtainment, and it was all about bringing AV and cutting-edge technology to the retail space and really how retail is kind of evolving and becoming more of an entertainment um, industry than it really is just a a sell-a-product industry. So give me a brief summary of what the session was on and why it's important to be talking about today at Infocom 2019. Uh, Well, for me, I'm coming from the more designer standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, My team is a diverse kind of um, conglomeration of, you know, scenic painters to tech directors Mm. um, and show set design kind of in between. So from our standpoint, you know, there are certain tactics that we're using in our fast-paced world of ever-changing tech and um, fast, rapid-moving development. Um, So having to come up with with ways to approach those types of jobs and clients, um, you know, with a a smart way of not having to over-design from day one and to be able to... um, take the time to sit back and let tech evolve before we start implementing into the design of our jobs uh, so that we're, we're really selecting the most current and, um, and, and relevant technology once the project's open. Yeah. Um, we also kind of talked about in the session, um, you know, some of the, some of the things that our clients are coming to us and we're finding creatively, um, you know, moving into like a more modern version of projection mapping is layering the projection mapping um, with live entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really kind of um, dynamic approach to what everyone's used to um, with with just kind of the just pr- projection. Yeah. Um, so we're finding success there, um, and it, it can go much further than where it is at at the moment. Yeah. Um, we're excited for that and see where that can go and help us kind of support from a tech standpoint how to make those types of events bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's you know, kind of the big talking points, I think, that are important takeaways. Yeah. And then what about on your end, Lewis? Uh, as an experiential design and consulting firm with the owners, uh, we're seeing uh, a complete transformation taking place in retailtainment that is adopting many of the principles of the location-based entertainment industry to enhance the guest experience and to translate the brands that these retailers represent into uh, a much more interactive component with the guests that are coming in the store and understanding, you know, their lifestyle choices and how to articulate the brand in these experiences and to use technology and as an overlay to create that engagement with the guests and that it's very important from a scalable perspective for that to work for a small retailer as it is for a large destination stood out to me, something that I took away, was everyone's emphasis on the storytelling as being the key for what's going to make retailtainment succeed. Um, And I think it's something we see in just how consumers consume their media, how they shop, how they relate to brands and people. You know, it's why influencers are so big right now, right? People want to relate to the individual. They want to find a story in what they're buying and 
why should I care about this brand? Oh, they relate to me as a person. Um, how are you seeing that correlate into the larger scale projects when we're talking about um, you know, a retail venue like the Nike store that we were talking about um, where you, know, you have a, a giant display and lots of technology and IP that has to go into making this possible? How does storytelling still live among that? Well, I think you, you know, Nike is a fine example. This is a brand that understands its mission, vision, values, and its value proposition with the guest. You know, Nike looks at itself as uh, seeing every person out there as a potential athlete to reach their maximum potential. And what they've done is in their experience, they've taken the technology and done it in such a way that you're competing with yourself, you're participating in that way, that you're maximizing your intent as an individual competitively in, in this retail experience and manifesting their brand in, in the space. And technology is the component of storytelling that's translating that brand in that way and allowing people in a very hands-on way to participate in the brand and to express themselves. Yeah, I think the interactivity is where you get that personalized touches, even on a super large scale. You can definitely, if you can take the story and create moments that guests can connect to, um, and you know, tech is a great tool for doing that, um, that's, that's really how you're going to kind of maximize you know, creating that connection with your guests. And I think it's also about creating stories that really, you know, there isn't a giant narrative there that you have to create. It's about the guest imprinting their own narrative to the entertainment. Um, I think just from a scalable perspective, it's more realistic than trying to create something that um, you know feels like a point A to point Z story. It's more like you get to experience it and sort of create your own story out of it. Is that what y'all are seeing as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I think that's part of articulating the expression of authenticity that the brand is. The person expressing themselves as a part of that is really how that's translating in kind of a back and forth discussion or narrative with the brand. So a lot of the examples that we saw today um, during the session were really large attractions. Um, we're talking either entire city blocks or um, flagship stores. But I think it's interesting to look at how this idea of retail attainment will affect the smaller malls, local malls, um, that you know smaller communities go to and those will eventually evolve and, and put more emphasis on this retail attainment. So how are y'all seeing this push for storytelling and implementation of interactive technology affect these smaller malls and what might be different about how they approach it versus how you know Disney or Nike might approach it? Well, I think you'll see it in a range of expressions. I think, uh, you know, when you look right now, the opportunity to create these kind of festival experiences, these short-term pop-up experiences are, are one expression of that. Uh, we see escape rooms as, as a kind of small-scale interaction that are popping up in a lot of places in these kind of local malls. You see a transition also with uh, other brands such as Lucky Strike, uh, and those that are creating kind of a community interaction in that space and creating also a longer stay in those properties later at night are uh, different ways of looking at that being manifested in those spaces right now. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, for example, like what John had spoken about, you know, John Stein had spoken about in our in our um, session was, you know, creating that kind of neighborhood feel yeah. and bringing it down to sort of like who is your who's your neighborhood, who's your next door neighbor um, and making it, you know, feasible for them to come and, and enjoy a long stay. Um, so that that guest interactivity um, with either live events or maybe it's um interviews or activities or things that you can do that, um, you know, kind of keep the guest um, engaged from both, you know, you're traveling from somewhere else to come or you're, or you're just down the street. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, when we look at understanding the customer, that was one of the tenants that we talked about um, during the session, that is a, a different game when you're talking about a local mall and your local audience than when you're trying to build something that is a tourist attraction. You're getting people from all over the world. Um, you know, some might say maybe it's easier. You understand your community a little better. You get to craft your experiences for that community. And I'm sure the retail attainment we see at those local malls might be um, just even more personalized. Have you all seen any examples of stuff like that? Yes, there are actually, I can't remember the name of it at yeah. the moment, but there's a location uh, outside of Washington that was crafted that's a very local uh, food and interaction community hub mm -hmm. that uh, has been a remarkable example of creating even in a uh, less gentrified area of Washington an opportunity for a community center that has um, artistic creation, a lot of restaurant offerings, and seasonal entertainment mm -hmm. uh, that's drawing in a lot of guests and event space there that's doing very well. Mm -hmm. We've had experience with, you know, the food truck kind of craze, yeah. and that seems to be a good way to bring in um, kind of that local flair um, and and bring it to something that everybody feels like they know. Um, so we've we've seen that kind of it's sort of at the same level of of what Lewis is talking yeah. about, but that is another popular popular trend. I love that. Yeah, I mean, food trucks are always popping in the Dallas area. We've got plenty <laughs> of good ones. Um, so, Lewis, you also mentioned that you foresee new positions opening up because of this push for retailtainment, um, including curators, an entire experiential division, and this would happen within the stores themselves, within the, the mall locations, the brick and mortars. Um, how are you seeing that maybe affect how the AV professionals and the themed uh, themed experience professionals have to now interact with their clients. Do you think it'll become easier? Do you think it'll become more robust? you think maybe now you're going to be pitched more of the creative decisions and you do more of the implementation and less of the actual brainstorming? How do you both feel about that? I think it's going to speed everything up, honestly. Yeah. If you've got someone kind of on the forefront or leading a job versus a client coming to you and saying, tell me what you need or tell me what I think I need mm -hmm. versus someone saying, you know, this is what I want, um, you know, the technology and the design creativity of all of this stuff that's coming together behind the scenes is just going to need to basically take bigger strides quicker. I think one of the benefits we'll see is that there'll be a lot more reflection of localization than generalization with each of these parties that understands their local area and their audience very intrinsically. And I think one of the, the great benefits, you know, we work in a collective. You know, our industry is made up of many creative people. Uh, there can only be a benefit from having more people participating in that. You know, when you when you make soup, each time you change the recipe, you, you get a different product. And I think having more creatives involved uh, and more people understanding this process will have more opportunity to make unique projects. More soups. More <laughs> soups. Some broccoli cheddar, maybe. Yeah, my favorite. Um, 
So I think as the name suggests, retailtainment is that blend of retail, entertainment. You know, you don't really point to one or the other. They sort of become one thing. Do you think that this is going to be a permanent blending of how brick and mortar retail is treated? Do you think from your smaller stores, your your mom and pops, to your local malls, to your large Nike flagships, do you think they're all going to start to view retail as more of how do we get people in for the experience and the product just comes after that? I think the experience economy is going to drive that as a transformational you know, sensibility. Yeah. I think that we are going to see a kind of projects that are transcendent, you know, Nike being one of those examples or others that are going to lead the way, that are going to inspire others to participate at different levels throughout the industry in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we just do have to be careful as we start to overlay this into, like you're saying, I mean, it really will start to kind of filter down into every sort of facet of, of retail, mm-hmm. this entertainment layer. We do have to be careful that we're not just, you know, creating noise and we're just not adding things just to add it. It does have to be true to the brand and, you know, support that. Yeah. And I think we have to be realistic about scalability. You know, not everybody's going to be able to afford all the bells and whistles and that the choices you make need to be quality oriented and story oriented to mm-hmm. create results that are going to make everybody happy, the brand, the store owner and the guest. Yeah. And then on the bells and whistles, um, we also talked a bit about how the technology actually gets implemented. If it's the focal point of the storytelling or if it's there more in service of of something else, right? It's hidden. Are you seeing customers react better to one or the other? You know, do they prefer something that is big and flashy or would they rather it be hidden and be in service of something else? Um, what are y'all seeing in your experience? Well, I think there are two ways to view that. One is as a brand, is the technology in service of their brand or is it a component of the brand? So sure. the, the brand drives, I think, to a degree what that choice is. Okay, yeah. And then we're seeing it different geographically. I would say in a sophisticated market like the United States or Europe, there's more of a story-driven component to it. Some of the things we're seeing in emerging markets like China is a desire for the technology to be very advanced, innovative, and out front as, as a showpiece. And then just to kind of wrap things up with some context, do you both have some examples of one or the other of um, a project in a market where you really had to hone in on the technology itself and that drove the value for retailtainment or the opposite where it was more in service of a larger story. It was a little more hidden, but achieved the same goal. Would love to hear some cool projects you've worked yeah, on. Uh, well, I mentioned in the in the session, we're working on the one Vanderbilt project in, yeah. in Manhattan and in Midtown. Um, that is definitely a project that it's a um, kind of by design, the, the technical kind of aspects are hidden and it's supposed to feel kind of more magical. And, and the guests, as they um, explore, it's a three-story um, venue, you know, as they explore the space, um, they're going to kind of basically hit these moments and, and it needs to be sort of ex- um, found in a way. Um, you know, obviously there's there's projects, you know, particularly to like theater, like a theater or something like that, where the tech or the gear is actually you're sitting in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Craftworks theaters um, are particularly great at doing this. And, you know, you kind of feel all of that motion and you see where, where everything is kind of happening and the big screen is in front of you, right? So in that instance, kind of the bigger, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the guests feel like they're maybe getting more for the ticket price, right? Right. And I would say uh, one of the projects we just opened recently with uh, Hershey 
was uh, Reese's Cup Fusion, which is a manifestation of the first time that there's been an original IP developed for the brand. So it's a combination of uh, developing those characters, bringing them to the environment. Uh, there is a heavy technology component, but then also the very analog delivery of the characters and the retail component is a nice balance for the two together. So last question, what do y'all see as the most difficult aspect for the AV industry to adapt alongside retailtainment? You know, what is what is going to be the, the biggest hurdle and how do you see AV professionals adapting to it and overcoming that hurdle? Well, I think, you know, and this is also uh, thanking Blue Loop for bringing us to, to the show is breaking down these barriers, you know, kind of making sure that the AV community sees this range of opportunities that's out there and understands how to leverage their strengths, the brand strengths, the retail market, and the entertainment market to take their skill set that's being used individually and understand how we can leverage that in new ways, use their talent base in different ways than are traditionally done. And Blue Loop, you know, bringing this and, and setting up this event here is beginning that kind of pollination of that uh, experience and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, for us, because we work at more of an owner level, um, you know, I think the less complicated, the better. Um, it keeps the technology sustainable for basically guests to experience. So keeping something like a projector, um, you know, if we have a projection mapping show, keeping it, you know, it, keeping it developed to a point that some person that maybe never has done maintenance on a projector can um, to keep those experiences that we are creating, we're spending money on for our clients, you know, keep them basically viable and for, for long periods of time. So, Well, Jackie, Lewis, thank you both so much again for joining us on the podcast. Again, we were speaking with Jackie Wolfer, Director of Design Studio for AOA, and Louis Alfieri, Principal and Chief Creative Officer for Raven Sun Creative. And they were here for a session on retailtainment sponsored by Blue Loop, like you said. Um, you know, I think the fact that Blue Loop is the one that put this together and playing off of what we just talked about, I think this is just another integration for the AV community. Um, you know, we've seen AV sort of become IT. I think we're also going to see AV sort of blend with this whole retailtainment initiative. Um, and I think more so than any other industry, the AV industry really gets to stick its feet in, you know, puddles here, puddles there, puddles there, and really get to be an innovative force and change for all these industries. So wonderful getting both of your perspectives. Thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you thank for having you. us. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. We'll have plenty more Infocom content, so stay tuned and make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.